This is News To Go, your daily news podcast featuring news from various news outlets, heard via our Anchor podcast app and playing on iRadio daily until mid-afternoon. Now the news. News Nation This Hour, I'm James Sears. People in Texas and Louisiana are being told they may need to take cover today. A strong storm could trigger more tornadoes just a week after a deadly outbreak in both states. The threat also extends to Mississippi, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee, and Arkansas. A face-to-face meeting between Russian President Putin and Ukraine's Volodymyr Zelensky could be on the horizon. The Kremlin said Putin's willing to meet Zelensky on the condition a peace agreement be drafted beforehand. The two sides held three hours of peace talks in Istanbul yesterday. Ukrainian officials said the country was willing to declare itself permanently neutral from a military standpoint, keeping Ukraine from joining NATO, which has been a key demand from Russia. Russia later agreed to de-escalate military activity in Kyiv and Cherniv. However, President Biden says he's not ready to take Russia at its word. We'll see. I don't read anything into it until I see what their actions are. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. The January 6th committee has allegedly discovered an eight-hour gap in former President Trump's official phone records from that day. The gap spanned from a little after 11 in the morning to around 7 at night. Investigators are looking into whether Trump communicated through other methods during that time, including burner phones. The committee subpoenaed cell phone companies for records and is awaiting data. NASA astronaut Mark Vandehei is ending his record-breaking 355-day stay in space. He and two Russian cosmonauts are on the way back to Earth after boarding a Russian Soyuz spacecraft and leaving the space station last night. They're expected to make a parachute-assisted landing in Kazakhstan around 7.30 Eastern Time. Chris Rock will be in Boston for a six-show run of his stand-up comedy act at the Wilbur Theater that begins tonight. All six shows are sold out, and some tickets are now selling for well over $1,000 each on the secondary market. Now, this is Rock's first appearance since he was slapped in the face by actor Will Smith at the Oscars. Rock's declined to press charges. And Disneyland is removing the phrase boys and girls from the recorded park greetings that play at the front gates. And park employees are instead being trained to greet people with hello everyone or hello friends. Getting rid of gendered greetings is meant to be more welcoming to guests who don't identify with traditional gender roles. Find News Nation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at NewsNationNow.com and on the News Nation Now app. I'm James Sears. Here is your Wednesday forecast from the National Weather Service. A major severe thunderstorm outbreak is expected in the southern United States today. Severe weather threat closest to us is lower part of Indiana. Wednesday showers likely, mainly after 5 p.m. Cloudy, with a high near 70. South wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 40 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. Wednesday night showers and possibly a thunderstorm before 2 a.m., then showers likely. Low around 40. South wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 35 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 90%. New rainfall amounts between a quarter and half of an inch possible. Thursday showers likely, mainly before 8 a.m. Cloudy, with a high near 45. West wind 15 to 20 miles per hour, with gusts as high as 35 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 60%. Thursday night a chance of rain showers before 10 p.m., then a chance of rain and snow showers, mostly cloudy, with a low around 31. West wind around 10 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 40%. Friday mostly sunny, with a high near 43. Friday night mostly clear, with a low around 30. 
With SRN News, I'm Patrick Foss. Russia announced Tuesday will significantly scale back military operations near Ukraine's capital in a northern city. As the outlines of a possible deal to end the grinding war came into view at the latest round of talks, President Biden says he's not ready to take Russia at its word. We'll see. I don't read anything into it until I see what their actions are. We'll see if they follow through on what they're suggesting. Biden says he's spoken with other Western leaders about Russia's offer to scale back the fighting in Ukraine. There seems to be a consensus that uh, let's just see what they have to offer. We'll find out what they do. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to keep strong the sanctions. We're going to continue to provide the Ukrainian military with their capacity to defend themselves. And we're going to continue to keep a close eye on what's going on. Since the beginning of the invasion into Ukraine, Russian occupiers have lost more than 17,000 military personnel. Also at SRNews.com, two familiar names will once again play a prominent role as President Biden seeks Senate passage of an election year tax bill. Democrats Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema could once again stand in the way as President Biden seeks to impose what he hopes will be a popular 20 percent minimum tax on the nation's wealthiest citizens. Observers say it's an effort to capitalize on the unpopularity of billionaires after a pro-publica story last year revealed the mega-rich, people like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, paid little or nothing in income taxes compared to the size of their wealth. Both Manchin and Sinema have, in the past, resisted efforts by their party to target wealth individuals. Bob Agner reporting. Florida and 20 other states have sued to halt the federal government's pandemic requirement that people wear masks on planes, trains, and other public transport. The lawsuit was filed Tuesday in federal court in Tampa, Florida. A new poll shows that people are relaxing and not wearing masks. This is SRA News. Faith leaders praise the Supreme Court. The justices ruled last week that a Texas man who is about to be executed does have the right to have his pastor in the death chamber and lay hands on him as he receives a lethal injection. Even more encouraging to those who support religious freedom, the decision was 8 to 1. Brent Leatherwood of the Southern Baptist Convention says, quote, This is significant. The Supreme Court has affirmed that religious freedom does not end at the execution chamber door. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Three Muslim Americans have filed a lawsuit alleging the U.S. border officers questioned them about their religious beliefs in violation of their constitutional rights when they returned from international travel. The men from Minnesota, Texas, and Arizona are suing Department of Homeland Security officials in federal court in Los Angeles. The lawsuit says the questioning violated the men's rights to freedom of religion. This is... Esra News. As baby boomers age, home health care is expected to become even more popular. It's a trend fueled by the pandemic, and health insurers expect home health care to remain popular as the boomers age and more Americans become eligible for Medicare coverage. So now United Health, which runs the nation's largest health insurer, will buy LHC Group. LHC Group provides in-home health care to patients dealing with injuries, illnesses, or chronic conditions. It's based in Lafayette, Louisiana, and has almost 1,000 locations in 37 states. This is a $5.4 billion deal expected to close later this year. I'm Rita Foley. California's first the nation task force on reparations voted Tuesday to limit state compensation to the descendants of free and enslaved black people who were in the U.S. in the 19th century narrowly rejecting a proposal to include all black people. This is Esra News. 
coming up on 5-Minute News. Russia vows to scale back military action near the Ukrainian capital. Long gap in Trump phone logs as January 6 violence unfolded. And US authorizes second COVID booster for Americans aged 50 and over. It's Wednesday, March 30. I'm Anthony Davis. Russia announced yesterday it will significantly scale back military operations near Ukraine's capital and northern city as a possible deal to end the grinding war came into view at the latest round of talks. Ukraine's delegation at the conference held in Istanbul laid out a framework under which the country could declare itself neutral and its security would be guaranteed by an array of other nations. Moscow's public reaction was positive, and the negotiations are expected to resume today, five weeks into what has devolved into a bloody war of attrition, with thousands dead and almost four million Ukrainians fleeing the country. Amid the talks, Russian Deputy Defence Minister Alexander Fomin said Moscow had decided to fundamentally cut back military activity in the direction of Kiev and Chernihiv to increase mutual trust and create conditions for further negotiations. He did not immediately spell out what that would mean in practical terms. The announcement was met with scepticism from the US and others. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky said Russia cannot be trusted Although the signals from the talks are positive, they can't silence explosions of Russian shells, he said. Ukraine will continue negotiations, he said, but officials do not trust the word of the country that continues fighting to destroy us. While Moscow portrayed it as a goodwill gesture, its ground troops have become bogged down and taken heavy losses in their bid to seize Kiev and other cities. Last week and again on Tuesday, the Kremlin seemed to lower its war aims, saying its main goal now is gaining control of the mostly Russian-speaking Donbass region in eastern Ukraine. The panel investigating the January 6 insurrection at the US Capitol has identified a roughly eight-hour gap in official White House records as the violence unfolded. The gap extends from little after 11am to about 7pm on January 6, 2021, involving White House phone calls. The committee is investigating the gap in the official White House log, which includes the switchboard and a daily record of the president's activities. It does not mean the panel is in the dark about what Trump was doing during that time. The House panel has made broad requests for separate cell phone records and has talked to more than 800 witnesses, including many of the aides who spent the day with Trump. The committee also has thousands of texts from the cell phone of Mark Meadows, who was then Trump's chief of staff. The committee's effort to piece together Trump's day as his supporters broke into the Capitol underscores the challenge that his habitual avoidance of records laws poses, not only to historians of his tumultuous four years, but to the official panel, which intends to capture the full story of the former president's attempt to overturn the election results in hearings and reports later this year. The panel has trained a particular focus on what the president was doing in the White House, as hundreds of his supporters attacked police, broke into the Capitol and interrupted the certification of Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election victory. The missing records raise questions of whether Trump purposely circumvented official channels to avoid records. 
Health officials on Tuesday authorized a second COVID-19 booster dose of the two most commonly used COVID-19 vaccines for people aged 50 and older, citing data showing waning immunity and the risks posed by Omicron variants of the virus. The US Food and Drug Administration Agency said the new boosters, a fourth round of shots for most vaccine recipients of the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines, are to be administered at least four months after the previous dose. They are intended to offer more protection against severe disease and hospitalization. The FDA also authorized a second booster dose of the vaccines for younger people with compromised immune systems, those aged 12 and older for the Pfizer-BioNTech shot and 18 and older for Moderna's. The US CDC backed the FDA's authorization, recommending the additional shot, particularly for older people and those with underlying medical conditions that put them at higher risk. The decision to offer second boosters in the United States comes as some scientists have raised concern about the highly contagious and newly predominant BA2 Omicron subvariant, which has driven up COVID-19 cases in other countries. COVID cases in the United States have dropped sharply since a record surge in January, but have seen a small uptick over the past week. The FDA will soon weigh the benefits of authorizing another round of boosters, perhaps specifically targeted to combat new variants of concern to a broader population after the summer. The FDA said it looked at data from a relatively small ongoing clinical trial in Israel to help make its decision. In addition, safety data from more than 700,000 people who received second boosters in Israel revealed no new concerns, the agency said. The study of Israeli healthcare workers cited by the FDA suggested that the fourth dose added little additional protection in the age group. You can subscribe to 5-Minute News on YouTube with your preferred podcast app. Ask your smart speaker or enable 5-Minute News as your Amazon Alexa flash briefing skill. Subscribe, rate and review online at 5minute.news. 5-Minute News is an evergreen podcast covering politics, inequality, health and climate, delivering independent, unbiased and essential world news daily. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. So we ought not be fooling, and nobody should be fooling ourselves, by the Kremlin's now recent claim that it will suddenly just reduce military attacks near Kyiv. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said Russian movement away from Kyiv may be a repositioning rather than a withdrawal, tempering optimism over the potential for peace. General Todd Wolters, head of the U.S. European Command, told senators American troops are helping secure the Polish side of the Ukraine border. So that force has been integral to ensure that the four million plus refugees from Ukraine uh, have a soft landing once they come into Europe. President Biden met Tuesday with Singaporean Prime Minister Lee Shin Long, who said the two countries are strengthening ties. We reaffirm the long-standing and multifaceted partnership between Singapore and the U.S. and our shared commitment to a stable, rules-based global order. 
Biden also signed legislation to make lynching a federal hate crime, punishable by 30 years in prison. The legislation is named for Emmett Till, whose lynching in 1955 and open-casket funeral helped fuel the civil rights movement. Economists say supply chain disruptions will continue to affect the U.S. economy after Russia's invasion of Ukraine sent oil prices surging. White House Council of Economic Advisors Chair Cecilia Rouse reiterated pocketbooks will feel the sting. We can expect that while our sanctions are going to have their focus and most of their impact on the Russian economy, that we can expect that we will see a bit of impact in the United States as well. The FDA approved a second coronavirus booster for people 50 and older to help ward off a potential spike of an Omicron subvariant. Manuel Gordillo, medical director at Sarasota Memorial Hospital, said vaccines should hold up against new variants. It's clear that, at least for Delta, the vaccine works very well. So there is no reason for concern with Delta that we're going to have a problem with vaccine escapes. Patient advocates and healthcare experts testified Tuesday before Senate lawmakers about medical debt. Robin King, a teacher in Cleveland, Ohio, recently received $70,000 in surprise medical bills from her mother's nursing home. I was shocked when the nursing home told me in May 2020 that mom's Medicaid had not been reapproved and that I was now responsible for paying a huge bill. And in Kentucky, Quintez Brown, a man who police said fired a handgun at a Louisville mayoral candidate, has been indicted by a grand jury on one count of attempted murder and four counts of first-degree wanton endangerment. I'm Nadia Ramlagan for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in Riga, I'm Oli Barrett. Ukraine says it'll judge Russian commitments at peace talks by concrete results rather than words. Explosions have continued to be heard around Kiev despite a Russian offer to scale down military operations there. The US says it believes Moscow will refocus on eastern regions and UK intelligence says it believes Russia's plans have failed in the Kiev area. U.S. Deputy National Security Advisor Dalip Singh will discuss U.S.-India economic partnerships when he visits India this week, but analysts believe the agenda is also to lobby India to build economic pressure on Russia, as Delhi is still purchasing vast quantities of oil from Moscow. Ishan Gerg reports from New Delhi. The timing of this visit is raising speculations that the U.S. envoy is here to build pressure on India to isolate Russia. His visit comes just a day before Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov is visiting India. He is expected to persuade India to purchase more commodities from Russia. And analysts say the U.S. would want India to limit its trade with Russia. Ishan Garg, New Delhi. Cathay Pacific's preparing to fly the world's longest-distance commercial passenger flight as part of plans to reroute its New York service away from Russia. Richard Kimber reports from Hong Kong. Cathay Pacific is seeking flight permits to reroute its New York to Hong Kong service, which would typically fly over the Arctic and through Russian airspace to get to Hong Kong. Many Asian airlines are currently avoiding Russia due to the conflict in Ukraine. Cathay is planning instead to go over the Atlantic Ocean and the UK and then skirt around Russia flying over southern Europe and Central Asia to get to Hong Kong. The distance of more than 16,500 kilometres would beat Singapore Airlines' regular New York service, which is just over 15,000 kilometres. The new Cathay flight would take around 17 hours. Cathay's most recent New York to Hong Kong flight stopped in Los Angeles before continuing over the Pacific. 
The new route would remove the need for that stopover, making it more cost-effective and competitive for the airline to operate. Shanghai's expanded lockdown to cover more areas of the city as it battles another surge in COVID-19 cases. The number of confirmed symptomatic cases reported by authorities more than tripled from the day before. Patrick Fock reports from Beijing. It was meant to cover people living on the east of the Huangpu River for the first five days starting Monday. But now authorities have extended Shanghai's lockdown and sealed off some western parts of the city. People living on that side were officially scheduled to start their four-day lockdown from Friday. Several residents received notices on Tuesday from their housing committees telling them they'd be stopped from leaving their compounds for the next seven days. Shanghai reported a record 5,656 asymptomatic cases for March 29th and 326 symptomatic cases. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. With FSN Spotlight, I'm Simon Marks. We're going to talk today about a place we rarely mention, the Solomon Islands out in the Pacific Ocean. They're making news this week because they are planning to go ahead with a security pact with China, despite the fact that it's causing fury in Australia, New Zealand and the United States. A draft agreement revealed this week would allow Beijing to send security and naval deployments to the islands, stoking Western anxieties that the move will destabilise the region. FSN's Beijing bureau chief Patrick Fock tells us more about what the island's Prime Minister Manasseh Sogavari has been saying. Well, speaking in Parliament on Tuesday, he said there was no intention to ask China to build a military base in the Solomon Islands, but he added that the leaked document was a draft and wouldn't share any details on the content of the deal. So that could very well raise a further alarm, really, among the likes of Australia and New Zealand and the US, who already expressed concern after the leak showed it would cover Chinese Navy vessels. On Monday, New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern said in particular that she saw little reason for the need to have China's presence in the region uh, and that it could lead to the militarization of the Pacific. And the Australians are now urging the governments of Fiji and Papua New Guinea to try and talk the Solomon Islands out of it. To recap the top stories, Ukraine says it'll judge Russian commitments made at peace talks by concrete results. Explosions have continued to be heard around Kiev, despite a Russian offer to scale down military action there. Hong Kong's airline Cathay Pacific is preparing to fly the world's longest commercial passenger flight to avoid Russian airspace. And Shanghai has expanded its lockdown to cover more areas of the city as it battles COVID-19 infections. That's the latest feature story news. From Riga in Latvia, I'm Oli Barrett reporting. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend. So where were you born? If you asked me my birth location, I would say Elkhart, Indiana. But Psalm 87 says there's another location that should come to mind, which matters far more. If you are a Christ follower, my friend, you have a second birth location, Zion. Listen to Psalm 87. He has founded his city on the holy mountain. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the other dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are said of you, city of God. I will record Rahab and Babylon among those who acknowledge me, Philistia too, and Tyre, along with Cush, and will say, this one was born in Zion. Indeed of Zion it will be said, this one and that one were born in her, 
and the Most High himself will establish her. The Lord will write in the register of the peoples, This one was born in Zion. As they make music, they will sing, All my fountains are in you. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church, and we're sampling the Psalms, and today we come to Psalm 87, and here we see that location matters. God loves the world, but God especially loves the city. He founded on the holy mountain. Psalm 87 informs us that God loves Zion, or Jerusalem. So Joel, why is Jerusalem such a special place? Well, my friend, it was the one location on earth where God chose to dwell. He had King David's son Solomon build his holy temple there. Zion was the one location on the planet where earth and heaven met. And it was the place where everything changed for you and I, my friend, because it was where David's greater son went to die. Jesus became the new temple, John 2.21, that new place where heaven and earth met. And after Jesus' death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, the Holy Spirit was poured out on the disciples in Jerusalem. And what were they told to go and do? To take the gospel of Jesus to the ends of the earth. Because Jerusalem was no longer the only place where people were to worship, as Jesus told the Samaritan woman in John 4.21. God was now sending a spirit from Jerusalem to bring worship to the nations. Jerusalem, in a real way, gave birth to the nations. And that is what Psalm 87 was pointing forward to, as it includes nations like the Babylonians and the Philistines. They're in Zion's registry. Nations which, ironically, were once the enemies of ancient Israel. These nations, along with faraway folks, in fact, as far as the wilds of Indiana, are now being born in Jerusalem, which of course is not the earthly Jerusalem, but the heavenly Jerusalem, Revelation 21.2. My friend, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20, and you have a new birth location that matters far more than your earthly one. That's something we should celebrate and rejoice in, and it also should compel us, as those now filled with the Holy Spirit, to continue the mission, to see others be given the new birth and made citizens of heaven. And that includes our enemies. Our first move, as those privileged to be citizens of Zion, should not be to criticize our enemies, but to pray for them, and even to look for opportunity to share the gospel. My favorite missionary may be St. Patrick of the fifth century, who as a young man was kidnapped and made into a slave in pagan Ireland. Later, he managed to escape and return to England, where Patrick became a devoted Christian. And suddenly he realized why God had allowed those awful events of his being enslaved and being taken to Ireland, why God let it happen. And St. Patrick got in a boat and went back to these people who had been his enemies. And he walked into town and said, Hi everyone, I'm back, and I'm your pastor. And don't worry, we'll figure it out. And as a result of his actions, the gospel was spread throughout Ireland and many people experienced the new birth. This posture is the one I encourage at Heart City Church, and folks love to hear this encouragement. In fact, on Sunday, I told visitors who might be wondering what Heart City Church was about, I said, hey, we're resident missionaries who gather weekly for a missions convention and to worship God. My friend, 
If you've been born in Zion, where God has located you right now also matters. Count it your privilege to participate in the greatest rescue mission in human history. So share where you come from with a neighbor today. Remember who you are and who you belong to.